Hey everybody, welcome back to Supple Boys. I don't have an intro this week, so instead, here is Biggie Smalls set over the Thomas the Tank Engine theme. Uh, you're welcome. Come on, motherfuckers, come on. Come on, motherfuckers, come on. Yeah. Come on, motherfuckers, come on. Come on, motherfuckers, come on. Release the brainstorm to make the motherfucking brain warm. A strange form, something kind of lyrical. Biggie the bastard, so that's kind of spiritual. Well, in God we trust, guns are buttons. Ethan, it is one in the morning. I was telling you earlier, I slept in my car last night, and I began Your old lady day. kicked you out. You were out on the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you, uh, you were cheating again. You were sleeping uh, around. Uh, I'm such a... <laughs> I don't even know where that. I'm just going. hurling accusations right I out of the bat. I don't know where to take that bit. I'm sorry. Griffin's, I'm a, re- too tired. Griffin's a real. Uh, Griffin's a real I, uh, player, guys. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, Breaks a lot of hearts. I started my day, literally the first thing I put in my body, even before water, which I mm-hmm. never fucking do, um, was a um, Mountain Dew game fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Could you feel that one? Because Ugh. I could feel every one of those chemicals Game entering fuel. my body. <laughs> Game fuel. Well, I was Dude. tucking in for a bit of a drive, and I was like, "All right, well, I need, I need to be alert, and I need to be accurate." Did you become a gamer, and I didn't know it? I well, it's a funny thing. Is I took a sip of it, I took a sip of it, and then I was immediately like. Where can I get me some V-Bucks? <laughs> I don't even know what game V-Bucks is for. Is that for Fortnite? Yes. Yeah, that is. Dope. I mean, folks. Seen Taco Bell. He's the blondest man you've ever seen. You're so blonde. You get exponentially more blonde every time I see you. Every podcast mm-hmm. we do, you're more blonde. Uh, which I don't understand. It's out of control. You don't. You genuinely. It makes you look like a different person. You look like the. You look like the clone of Griffin, the Ben Riley Griffin. I'm, the, um, ben, I'm ben Riley Griffin. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I thought that at, at one point um, when I was looking at myself in the mirror, I was like, "All right, give me this hoodie." Yeah. Where is it at? You look like the I'm cooler, ready. more relatable '90s Griffin. Fuck yeah! <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the look I was going for when I sat down. They were like, all right, so what would you like to do to your hair? I said, I need you, uh, this needs to be more than just touching up my hair. This needs to be, you need to transform me (laughs) with just my hair into the single coolest comic book character of the 1990s. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. And they said, say no more. And here I am. Uh, Here I am also fresh, like just a few hours fresh. Speaking of Spider-Man, I like Spider-Man. Matter of fact, I like him so much uh, that I just put uh, the last panel of Amazing Fantasy 15 on my body. Uh, I knew it was going to be dope, but when you sent me the picture, I actually got super jealous. Like, I was like, (laughs) fuck, I wish I had that. That's so, that's the coolest fucking thing, dude. I appreciate that a lot, man. Um, Yes, I had this panel from Amazing Fantasy 15 put on my body because I think it, one... 
it features uh, great power. There must also come great responsibility because it's said by the narrator, Stan Lee, and not Uncle Ben originally. So it really doesn't, maybe Uncle Ben doesn't really matter, I guess is what I'm saying, Ethan. Fuck Uncle Ben. (laughs) Yeah, fuck Uncle Ben. Hashtag fuck Uncle Ben. Fuck Uncle Ben. (laughs) Um, What has he done for me lately? Nothing. He's dead. Stupid bitch. Oh, oh, look at me, I'm dead. Oh, look at me, I'm dead twice, idiot. Um, <laughs> but, because there's two chunks of text to that last panel. The first is the Great Power, Great Responsibility one. And the last one reads, I, I'm sorry, I don't have it memorized, even though it's on my body. And I can't really see it, because it's on the back of my arm. But, um, the last one says, and so another uh, hero is added to the roster of characters that make the realm of fantasy the most exciting one of all. And I loved that one because yes. you're so fucking right, Stan. You're right. <laughs> you're so that, right. It's like the best way that power and responsibility has been said. Cause it's just like, and he learns that finally that the, you know, it's like, it's worded so well. And then, yeah, that thing about just like, and I just added another iconic character to pop culture is so true and great. And it's worded Fuck so yeah. perfectly. Cause Stanley, like just, he's at his peak. He's at his peak form. Mm-hmm. It's great. Does it bother well, you that you'll never see the tattoo unless it's in a mirror or whatever? Um, that was something I was kind of concerned with. Because it is a great uh, spot for it. It fits there perfectly, but it's just like for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, for my first one that I got, I knew I wanted to see it. Um, and I, it's kind of a, that's kind of a weird thing, I feel like. Because the tattoo is, of course, very much for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so of course like there is something like you're spending all this money on it and <laughs> you're doing all this so it's it's weird i feel like to put it in a place where you won't see it but i that's something i kind of got over after the first one uh especially because the first one is so very visible for me and so after that i was like well whatever's gonna look best yeah uh, and it also plays into i have a i think i want to get a lot of tattoos and so yeah, I need to, to strategically place this one for mm-hmm. future tattoos to be able to still work. So, mm-hmm. um, your tattoos yeah, are uh, all so dope. I still don't have any thanks, tattoos man. yet, but I, we want, are gonna, I want to get a lot of tattoos. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for you to get one either. Cause you're going to freak and it's yeah. going to take you a couple of months to realize, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 And also it took me like a year for my brain to click like when somebody says something about people with tattoos it took i think almost a full year for my brain to be like oh that's me um uh, because i just especially coming off of winter where mine's covered all the time it's easy to forget um after but Mm -hmm. um we're we keep talking about we want to get tattoos together um and we want to get maybe a Spider-Man Rewind-related tattoo. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Spider-Man Rewind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Spider-Man Rewind. Now that is a show I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> Perhaps that's some a sort of show time. that we would do in an alternate universe or something. It sounds cool. Uh, yeah, that's I like cool. Spider-Man. Uh, We've talked about no, potentially getting like the outlines of Spidey eyes on it, which mm-hmm, I think is mm-hmm. I, I think is really perfect. I think that that's really dope. I think that's dope. Um, 
Uh, the question for me with the eyes was always whose eyes are we getting? Um, yeah. Because obviously they're all, uh, not all, but there are so many different iconic shapes for Spidey's eyes. For you me, I think it would eyes. be bagley eyes. Exactly. We love some nice big bagley eyes, so I think yeah. it's got to be that. You think Ryan Stegman, our uh, best friend and comics father, would draw us a couple of Spidey eyes? Wow, I never thought about that. That's That would be amazing. It would be that dope. Would be, that would be really cool. Ryan would probably be a little weirded out by it. He'd probably be like, you guys don't need to put my art on your body. Please, <laughs> please don't. Um, we'll see. We should ask him how we feel yeah, about that. That would definitely. be dope. He can draw one, and then Donnie Cates can draw the other one. Oh <laughs> Donnie Cates will purposely fuck it up, so it's got to yeah, be on would. my body forever. He would, he would purposely... Um, he would somehow turn that one little eye doodle into a really cutting remark about us personally. <laughs> That's perfect. That's hilarious. Nah, <laughs> Donnie's got a billion tattoos. He knows. He knows the fucking <clears throat> trauma. I'm sure that's associated with getting a shitty tattoo. Yeah. Um, Ethan, how's your week going? My week's going really good. Um, I we we were wasting a bunch of good podcast content right before the show by just talking, uh, which we should just stop. We got to stop talking without recording. Um, I agree. We uh, should record oh, even like our private phone calls. We should yeah. put those out too in a separate. That's content. Show. That's content. Mm-hmm. We could just bleep out details. Um, <laughs> but uh, just but, twenty uh, minutes I, straight bleeped. <laughs> <laughs> I, me- I I just mentioned to you in passing something that happened to me really recently, and I just completely forgot to tell you something, which was uh, that that we uh, me and my fiance were downstairs in this house that we live in, and then mm-hmm. music starts playing upstairs. And we're like, wait a minute, no one else lives here. <laughs> and, Never good. Uh, yeah, and and it was really creepy because we were like watching TV and then we could just hear it just on top of the TV. Like it was just so freaking creepy. And then I go upstairs and uh, we have a HomePod up here, and uh, and I and I come in and it's playing Bleachers, uh, the group Bleachers, and uh, and I'm like, okay, uh, uh, Siri, stop the music. And then Plus for one sec. Yeah, I love Bleachers. I love bleachers as well. You showed me bleachers. Um, I did show you bleachers. That was forever ago. It was forever ago. It was like 2017, I think. Yeah. uh, Because that was those songs were a big part of my sophomore year. I really like bleachers. I I cannot wait for bleachers three to be out, which he keeps teasing. Yes. Um, it'll be very very exciting. I can't wait for that. But continue. Agreed. And so yeah, I go Siri, turn off the music. She's like, okay. And then I go back downstairs, and then a little bit later, we hear music playing again. And I go upstairs, and it's playing another Bleachers song. And it's the one that's lyrics are specifically, goodbye to my friends downstairs, goodbye to my upstairs neighbor. (sighs) No. No. That is the scariest shit that's ever happened to me. No, it's not, but it's pretty scary. (laughs) Uh, I was in a really horrifying earthquake, but... Uh, that, yes, that was yes. really, really, really scary. Um, and it, it, it led us to talking about how in October or even not in October, we're definitely going to rebrand this show spooky boys for a while spooky and talk boys. about horror movies and horror things in general. Cause Hell that's, yeah. that's my second favorite genre after superhero shit, I think. Uh, and it's very close. Also, I just love horror shit so much. So can't wait to delve into that with you. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to talk about, uh, Ari Aster's movies that could be a fun episode because oh I yeah. fucking love Midsommar 
It's um, a good movie. It really is. And I've got thoughts. <laughs> uh, I got some thoughts about Hereditary. Mostly, I love seeing uh, his progression oh, between yeah. Hereditary and Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super cool. But we'll save it for the episode. That we'll do. I saw Hereditary mm-hmm. by myself in a in a in a in a kind of down and out theater and then had to walk through the streets of Anchorage at night. What are we talking about this week, Ethan? Well, uh I had a plan for this week's episode, it kind of fell through. We'll see if it can happen later down the line. Uh so instead as a backup here, recently, maybe last episode it was, I think, uh we mentioned that we were both, before we were supple boys, before we may or may not have been what I presume would be called rewind boys. Um, In an alternate before, universe. Yes. Before all of that, we were theater boys. Whoa. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of want to just talk about, like, that experience in high school, Um I don't want to talk about high school. I want. I, I mostly want to talk about like how that situation or that uh, doing that sort of prepped us, or how that sort of shaped our lives. Mostly, yeah. Um, yeah. I really. I, really I mean, it's how I found anything. myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Um, and I hope. I hope we're not speaking to nobody. It would be a bummer if this episode was just going over a bunch of people's heads. I doubt that. I think there's probably several. We know at least our good friend, Gemini Cole, was involved in theater as well. So that's super dope. She said um, she's so, got theater degrees, right? That's Yeah, like, that's awesome. What the um, fuck? Yeah, crazy. Uh, so to at least Gemma, this one's for you. Um, yes. I got no problem making an episode that's just for Gemma because she's the absolute best. So Absolutely. Other supple folks, uh, listen to it or skip it. It's up to you. We'll be back next week one way or another. Um, I started doing theater. Um, <clears throat> I yeah, think yeah, my yeah. first you, sort you of... You run down your history as like a whole a little bit, and then I will yeah, yeah, give yeah. you the specifics. Yeah. Very brief sort of synopsis here. Mm-hmm. I was... I think I was kind of a shy kid at first. Um, and then something happened where I... Uh, in fifth grade, we were tasked with every week we had to write something and then just share that writing with the class. I was already into writing before this, and writing is a to say into writing is kind of strange because I'm like ten or something at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but I but needless to say, lifelong love affair with it. Um, I liked writing little stories that you probably didn't make any fucking sense. Um, some were Spider-Man stories for sure. I have homemade Spider-Man comics, of course, as a lot of us do. Uh, and in fifth grade, they were like, you got to share your writing in the front of the class. And I remember I didn't like that at all. Uh, cause I was insecure about not only talking to in front of the class, but also about my writing still am. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, once I started doing that, people said that they liked it. They thought it was funny. It was some sort of story about, um, I don't know, a dude that really enjoyed clapping, uh, I guess. I don't know. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, and people liked it, and I was doing a hell of a job presenting it. Um, 
And that caught the attention of some teachers. And the 50th anniversary of our school was coming up and we were having a big celebration for it. And they were like, do you want to give a speech at this thing? So we want students to give a speech at it. And uh, I was like, um sure i guess how many people are gonna be there and they're like "Mm, we're not really sure just yet and it was a couple hundred people um and so i was just shitting myself because i was like holy Mm. fuck right there's a video of it and i am shaking so hard but Mm -hmm. because i'm a god oh yeah (laughs) killer delivery on it absolutely stellar (laughs) delivery on it um, and from that point on, I kind of tossed my fucking stage fright out the window. Um, right. And uh, started doing in the same the same year, our history teacher, Angelo Harwood, shout out the coolest fucking dude ever. Um, wow. He would have what he called simulations of historical events, which is pretty much just a play about a historical event. Uh, and so we started doing those, uh, and I was acting in those, um, and that was a whole, that was super cool. I played somebody at the signing of the Declaration of Independence that had Parkinson's disease. Oh no. So I was doing some like physical acting, uh, at a, at a young age. That was interesting. I only knew about Parkinson's cause I was obsessed with Back to the Future and I learned and read all about Michael J. Fox and his condition yeah. and everything like that. So that was interesting. Um. And then in junior high, I actually did a real quick switch and did tech for the shows for junior high. I was an mm-hmm. assistant stage manager for a minute, and that was super cool. Uh, I started taking drama classes and realized that I really liked it, and I liked the people involved in it. And then I started yeah. uh, auditioning and acting and stuff, and that's also where I met our good friend Dylan, was yeah. doing theater. Um, and so got my first, like... Role as Jesse Aaron's in Bridge to Terabithia. Um, wow, which, I forgot about that because you told me yeah. that a long time ago. But I, man, that's crazy. Yeah, that was my first one, and it was a play with music, um, right, right. not a musical. Uh, a play with music. I don't know okay. what the fuck the difference really is. There were songs. Uh, was there an orchestra? Mm, there was a live flute. And piano, not an okay. orchestra. Well, I was going to make a guess at the difference, but I don't no. fucking know. Exactly. Uh, so not only was that my first time being on stage for like more than 20 minutes, mm-hmm. um, but also having to like memorize lines and everything like that. Year? This was in junior high. This was eighth grade. Oh, I thought you said, okay, you said junior year earlier i thought that you were talking about oh okay, sorry gotcha, 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 no, gotcha. no 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 this is in eighth grade this is gotcha, like the gotcha, start gotcha. of it because i was like mostly. yeah it seemed like you got into it earlier yeah no um this is this is eighth grade and i i could barely act let alone sing i was definitely super tone deaf and uh definitely did not learn how to sing by the end of that show so i have not gone back to it or listened to it i'm sure it sounds fucking awful but <laughs> I got up there and I fucking did it. And I was very surprised uh, at myself and, and proud of myself uh, for doing that. And it felt super fucking good. So I yeah. kept doing it in high school and got to start in a super uh, a cool, uh, a number of super cool productions. We did Get Smart. Um, That's so awesome. 
Fuck yeah, Get Smart was very, very fun to do. I had to memorize a goddamn book for that shit. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, right. um, there was a, a bit where it was a couple of weeks. That's also when we became uh, good friends. Uh, that aforementioned shit to your yeah, time right. where we became friends. That was during Get Smart. Yeah. Um, and there was a point during that I remember very vividly where uh, we were a couple of weeks past being off book and everybody was off book except for me uh, because I had just so much shit going on and also had so many lines to memorize that I had, I was like, I can't do this without my script. And so I still had it with me. And then my director came up on stage and grabbed it out of my hands and tossed it across the room. Uh, And I was like, all right, no shit, let's do it. (laughs) Um, Played Jack and Into the Woods. That was a bunch of fucking fun. And uh, your school did such good fucking productions. Oh yeah, Um, we we had uh, our director Dave Springer, good dude. uh, Picked a bunch of great shows, including my last show that I have done to this day, and it's super sad because I would love to do more. My send off was uh, Sebastian and Little Mermaid, and that was fucking crazy because there was lots of dancing for that, and. Uh, I really fucking grooved with it because I don't know if I can dance. I don't know. I probably can't. I don't think I can, but I do think I have a good sense of rhythm. And so after mm-hmm. like some choreography training and everything and feeling it with the music and everything. And of course that's a character that is very in touch with all that sort of stuff, I would yeah. say. And so yeah. that was a whole bunch of fucking fun to do. And that was the last thing I did, except for one really small thing. My The very beginning of my freshman year, I went and did a small, like, little outdoor show that my university did. Right. Um, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was all right. And I really miss it, and mm-hmm. uh, we can talk I a bit more it about too. it after. Ethan, what did your history look like? Yeah, um, well, let's see. Like, I, like, I was a... I was a pretty shy kid and I had a lot of, lot, a lot of social anxiety. Um, and I was also like a fucking nerd. Like, and I'm not, (laughs) I don't mean that. I don't, I don't love nerd being used in like a a derogatory context. And and I, and, and be, and to be clear, I am using it in a derogatory context here. I don't mean in a cute way at all. Like I was like straight up, like, like the kid that like in middle school, like, I was the disproportionately tall kid to the rest of the others that started mm-hmm. going through puberty and didn't understand what was happening. So I probably smelled and I was fucking <laughs> awkward and didn't know how to fucking dress or do my hair or fucking anything. So middle school was just a nightmare, just an absolute nightmare for all those reasons and more. Um, not to mention that I'm fucking like poor and shit. So just fucking awful. And, uh, and I just, I, my middle school was very mean. It felt like too, like it just felt, uh, like there were a lot of shit kids and it was just bad. So, uh, middle school is just like a time that I've mostly just suppressed in my head. I don't, I didn't do anything particular or have any kind of good time, but just to say I came out of it really jaded and, and, uh, and kind of angry and kind of withdrew my, myself. And so, I entered into high school being like, okay, well, I'm going to be like the cool withdrawn guy. So All I, right. I immediately, Fuck yeah. I imme- especially it, after ASM one had come out and that's, oh, exactly well, what yeah, that's, that's an element. Yeah. Because in eighth grade, I remember 
once I started learning how to like present myself and shit, I started playing mm-hmm. around with straightening my hair. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it was so fun. I did re- remember very distinctly in eighth grade, I, I straightened my hair and went to school that way, but I didn't straighten the back. And so, and, and Ugh. so, and so I got a lot of comments on that of like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking, uh, floppy Sam in the front and Napoleon dynamite in the back. Um, <laughs> it's so good, but, uh, yeah, that was rough. But so, you know, I'm the cool withdrawing guy when high school starts. So I've like, I've grown my hair out and I'm fucking straightening it down onto my face and, oh, yeah. and, I, and I've got a fucking hoodie with the sleeves pulled over my hands and shit and I've got skinny jeans and whatever. Um, and, uh, and like, and so I was like, this is going to be me through high school. Cause I need to get through this and I need to not die from social anxiety. So I'm just going to be this like quiet withdrawn dude. And, but for some reason I chose to have a drama class in my freshman year as well. And I don't know how I thought that would work with that agenda. Um, <laughs> but it really knocked the wind out of that whole plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Man, if I didn't immediately fall in love with it. Like, freshman year, it's the last period of my day at school. And so I have this whole shit day of regular school, and then I end it with drama. And it's just my favorite thing in the world right off the bat. And I immediately start getting really into it. And, like, um, and the teacher is really, like, fascinating. She, like, her, her name was Carolyn Merritt. And she was, like, this really, like, at times, like, far too aggressive, like, that kind of theater teacher. Like, just she could be mean and whatever, but she got results and, and whatever. I mean, she was just the whole theater department was just this one woman. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. My teacher's name was also Carolyn. That's weird. The, yeah, that is weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was just fantastic. And I started immediately doing stuff within the classes and kind of doing little extra stuff, but I wasn't in any productions that first year. Um, and then in the second year, I was back and I auditioned for uh, this thing called MT Squared, which was a class, but also was a theater group that traveled and did productions. Um, and so, so like it, it would be a period of the class where we would be getting a production together and then we would travel and take it to libraries to do for kids and we yeah. would take it to like centers to do for like mentally handicapped people um, and cool. stuff like that. Yeah, it was really awesome and an incredible experience. And for that, we did a lot of because that was, like I said, largely for like you know groups of kids and mentally handicapped and, and stuff like that. So we had a lot of productions, like we had Horton Hears a Who and um, stuff like that. But then we also did the schooly kind of productions of like um, like a, a like a drug PSA kind of one, which sounds mm-hmm. really bad, but it was actually pretty solid. Um, yeah. and like um, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and that was mainly what I did throughout my school year was those productions. Um, and then there's a really, there's a story that I'm not going to get into of something that's really heartbreaking, but like just to skim over it, there was a play uh, in my junior year. Uh, my probably, maybe my favorite playwright is Neil Simon. Uh, I think he's really great. And his, one of his plays uh, was one of the first things I did in freshman year. And then in junior year, it was like the play of that year for our school. And it's called Rumors. That play mm. is incredible. You know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's it's like written for me. Like, I love it. And it's like a fucking episode of Frasier. It's so good. Um, and uh, it just felt built for me. And it felt karmic that that would be the product. Like, it felt like this is where I get to shine. And my 
theater teacher let me know that like the big role in it that has a big monologue at the end she wanted me to do it wow and i auditioned for it and i got it uh but then my girlfriend at the time uh through various things convinced me not to do it uh and uh and so then i saw it and i was absolutely heartbroken uh really really just really just uh is something that i'm still haunted by that i didn't do it um but because i missed out on that and everything in my senior year they did their big talent show which was uh called follies and the Mm -hmm. talent show always has an mc and i auditioned for that talent show with stand-up and the, 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 the theater teacher really liked me and, and knew that I had missed out on that play. And so she was like, well, listen, I'm going to have you MC and you work all of your stand-up into all of the MC stuff. Um, yeah. and, and so I did, and it was crazy because I performed that with strep throat and flu at the same time. Uh, and, uh, and I fucking was so proud of that performance and like and i have a a dvd of it that i watched recently and that was just the highlight and the peak of all of my school i've asked to see this i know literally since the day it happened you told me it was going on i was like that's dope as shit i want to see it and i know still never seen it i know Um, we'll have to we'll have to do a night of it but maybe that's an episode maybe we'll go back and i could put clips of it in and stuff Um, that'd be fun Uh, that would be fun we'll just do some nostalgia trip episodes we'll just like go into past things totally um I wanted to do a quick hashtag only theater kids uh, bit here, but it seems like it seems like I do my best to try and not get sick before a show every yeah. single fucking time, and then I yeah. still get sick literally just the week of the show. I make it all the I way know. through rehearsal, and then the week the show hits, and I'm fucking sick every time. I was like, I was like dying, but I just went into autopilot, and I and I. Uh, Felt really good about it, and it was just that crazy experience of, like, feeling like I nailed it, and then, like, I remember walking home from school, and, like, I was leaving, and the gate guard at the school was like, hey, you're that kid from Follies, you fucking killed it, and I was like, Hey, you're that spider guy from YouTube. Hey, you're that spider guy from YouTube, and then I did a flip. Um, No, but it was just (laughs) incredible, and that was really, that felt like the culmination of all my high school theater stuff, and it was really amazing. Yes. Um, So, yeah, that was awesome. I loved it, and it was just... It was always my happy place in school. It felt like where I Hell went yeah. to be with all of the people that I actually liked at school. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, th- there was somebody told me early on, I think it was in freshman year, they were like, hey, you, uh, you're in theater. That's where all the girls are at. Uh, and honestly, that's kind of true because everyone that I dated in high school was from theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, especially people, obviously, especially in high school, um, I feel like date it within their cliques, of course, yes. but something about the theater clique in particular was like, yes. all right, all right, word, this is it. Yeah. There's yeah, gonna, yeah. And there's going to be all, shit and shit's going to go down. It's dating and drama. Yeah, 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 yeah. The worst, um, the worst. Oh yeah. One thing I, that, that was a really formative thing as well was the last production that we did for my traveling group was the Laramie project. Are you familiar with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if people aren't familiar with it, it's kind of it's almost it's like a play that's kind of like a documentary about uh, the the murder of what's what was that kid's name? I forgot his name. It's Matt Shepard. Matt Shepard. Yeah, the 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 murder of Matt Shepard uh, on you know, which was a hate crime because he yes. was a, a gay teenager, and so it was it was crazy because you know you do Horton Hears a Who and then you do the Laramie Project and it like, Jesus I, I had never I had never done something that serious and emotional and I played the guy that killed 
the 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 Oof. kid. And so I was this like homophobic, hateful character, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and playing him being uh, questioned by the you know the police and the interviewers and stuff. And mm-hmm. so that was such a crazy, crazy thing for me to try and to try and do. And I really liked it, and I and I felt fulfilled by it, and it was a really great experience. I mean, I mean, you know, it's gross to have to play somebody that's such a piece of shit, but like, yeah. as you know, just a, a performance, mm-hmm. as like a, as a, um, a, a felt good about art. It. Yeah, it yeah, felt good. It's, it's cool. um, and it's, and it's... so there was like there were so many crazy like high and low different points and projects, and mm-hmm. all of my friends from high school, and and especially the ones that have lasted at all are from theater um Hell yeah. and uh, fred Hell yeah. who we know from uh, having been on rewind uh, he, rewind? uh he's, he's he's from theater yeah that alternate universe that that oh, could cool. exist yeah. hypothetically yeah, yeah, yeah. there's mm-hmm. a hypothetical man named fred uh who was also from my theater class um i never did any musicals it's it's a, you did you did a lot more musical stuff than i did yeah um yep. i wish i did it because i would love to be able to sing uh or or do any of that like that's just something that i never got to delve into mm-hmm I, uh, I, in high school, I actually went to two schools. I went, I did a specialty program where I was at a different place. Uh, I was at a different school for half the day. And then I came back to my home school, uh, where I was doing the theater stuff. And, uh, I was taking pretty much all the classes that I had to actually take for high school at the other school. So when I came back to my home school, I pretty much got to just do all the uh, sort of fun stuff and that was my theater class yeah. and then I eventually and then I wasn't really intending on it but then of course all of my theater friends were in choir and so then I joined yeah. choir and more or less that's how I got those opportunities but uh, and that's how I became a fantastic singer and performer and right. uh, and I guess that's why I'm here today uh, is because of all that <laughs> well genuinely because I was saying that's that's where I found myself and it really yeah. is I mean because I was talking about being such a such a a person that I resented in middle school like I was which is crazy because I was a child but like I I really hated myself and I really like felt awkward and like unlikable mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of those things and so then retreated into myself and became this jaded whatever but then from there felt like I genuinely blossomed through theater like because it totally. pulled me right out of myself and made me examine myself and like like straight up like the fucking poofy hair thing that I still have to this day is mm-hmm. because my theater teacher when I was straightening my hair into my face she made me every time I walked in the door she made me put a headband on to pull it out of my face and, nice. and and so she was like, get a fucking haircut, uh, and she just did it every day until I did, and this was the haircut, and I still have it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's straight up great. my origin story. It all it all traces back to theater. Um, an incredible experience. I mean, I I cherish all of it, and it's the thing I'm the most nostalgic for about my life. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I was saying earlier, um, I really miss I really miss it. I would love right. to do a show the unfortunate thing about it is that oh man does it take a lot of fucking time <laughs> to, to do that and uh and and so obviously i don't have that but maybe one i'm day. always looking um, at local productions and stuff yeah man. excuse me back when they still did those and just like wanting to do them so bad uh it just doesn't fit into my life and it's heartbreaking because i acting is incredible it, it, it is it, it's amazing and i want to do it so bad 
And stand-up as well. I, I For a long time, stand-up was something I had a real passion and desire for uh, mm-hmm. that I didn't get to follow through with, really. Did you get to do one of those things where you went in a little computer program and you like typed in all your interests or whatever, and then it told you like a list of careers you might be oh, good yeah, for? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Not only did I do those like in high school and shit, but my mom was a career counselor for a really long time, and uh-huh. so I, I was doing those when I was like little. <laughs> oh damn! Yeah. I remember I did one of those in I think seventh grade, and it said stand-up comedian number one, yeah. and I was like, no shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine were always cool. arts, of course, like always. Art yeah, stuff, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you were saying that you know you really found yourself and theater really helped. And the one year that I didn't do anything because, like I said, back in, I was a wee lad in elementary school is when I started. But in seventh grade, which is for me because I know it's different everywhere, seventh grade for me is the beginning of middle school, junior high, right? Um, and so that's when I had to switch schools uh, and start all that new style of classing and everything like that and uh and completely fell out with pretty much all of my friends uh Mm -hmm. that i had in elementary school because it just happens and so i was making new friends and everything or trying to in seventh grade and that was the one year i didn't do anything for theater and i remember pretty vividly one day i came home this is so sad i came home and i must have looked upset because my mom asked me if i was upset and I said, um, Mom, what does depression feel like? Oh, my <laughs> and, God. And she, I mean, was super taken aback, of course, because her 12-year-old just asked what depression yeah. is like. And I remember I said, it just feels like I'm in a rut and that every day feels the same and I don't like it. And oh. now, And now being older... And still maybe depressed. I'm like, that sounds about right. <laughs> this is turning into our mental health history episode. Because, yeah, I got on antidepressants in college and still mm-hmm. I'm on anti-anxiety shit. Yeah, we, we're we a little fucked up. <laughs> Not that that makes you fucked up, but, like, no, I, no, no, I feel no. like I have some deep-rooted fucking Emotionally distressed, issues. to yeah. say the least. I feel like a yeah. lot of creatives are, obviously. That's where all the good stuff comes from, is from the bad stuff. Uh, yeah. But, and then eighth grade, I started doing theater, and I remember exactly what you're saying. That's when it, it felt like I clicked. And that goes beyond theater, of course. People go and they join a sport, or maybe something like a you know, student body sort of situation, yeah. a student council, or debate, or uh, whatever it was. The point is, you find that thing, and it just fucking carries you for those six years, at least, or whatever it is. Uh, and the nice thing about it is that it's also never too late. We had a whole bunch of kids that would show up their senior year of high school. They'd never done anything, and they just they would show up and say, whatever, I don't know, I figured out audition before I left school, right. and then they would get in, and they would do it, and they would love it. Yeah. Um, and that's super awesome. Yeah. Earlier, yeah. We, I mean, you were talking about Laramie Project. Um, obviously, uh, we're both... Uh, allies and we're both supporters of everything LGBTQ plus wise Um, and so obviously there's a whole bunch of stereotypes and whatnot that go along with being in theater and being gay Um, and I remember one I'm really glad you brought this up because I I don't know if I would but I I have stuff to say about this yeah thank you yeah Um, first happy pride it's not actually June anymore um but Still. fuck it, Pride is <laughs> yeah. uh, all year, 24-7, 365. Fuck it. Why shouldn't it be? Um, 
And so I remember getting into theater and first, not only were there surprisingly few gay people from what I had heard. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) But also that was, that was sort of the beginning of never had I been told or taught by really any, any of the authority figures in my life that being gay was wrong. Mm. Um, but started to understand the struggle because we would look at some pieces that involved gay characters. And so I would imagine a Laramie project for you had to be one of those moments in your life too. I would imagine where you sort of click and connect with that and realize that this is a super important thing. What would you say? 100%. Yeah. Because you, you mentioned not being brought up with anybody that told you that being gay was wrong or anything i was uh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's something that i like for some reason since we started this show i wanted to do an episode about uh any kind of religious background that we might have because it's it's such a huge thing in my life uh that i mm-hmm. that i just always think about and talk about and bring into my writing and everything <laughs> that'll be and lumped in with our uh <laughs> mental distress emotional exactly distress yeah no shit man yeah 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 that's where so much of it comes from and i'm not here to be the guy that's like fuck religion fuck christianity or anything i'm no longer christian i'm no longer religious but i'm also not like some like atheist or anything like all that stuff but i was certainly raised christian uh and uh Man, I the gay people, the gay community was treated in such by in such a strange way by my by my family, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, like any time that they would talk to me about it, it was kind of like, well, these people get confused, like that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. my family, they're not incredibly hateful people. They're not, um, they're not people that are out. Uh, they're not. Uh, what's that group? The um, that church. Um, whatever that church is that, that goes out and like protests gay funerals and stuff like all that stuff. Like, yeah, terrible fucking people. That's not my family. They, they are like, they're quite loving, but they are wrong about certain things. And, and yeah. but so the way that they would try to present them to me was like, these people are confused, but you know, they can be helped and all that kind of thing. And so that was confusing for me. That's such a weird message to give a kid. And, um, and I remember like whenever, you know, there would be gay characters on TV or in movies that we would watch, Mm-hmm. They, they would kind of, you know, tell me like, well, you know, that's an agenda that's being pushed. That's like this, that's mm-hmm. this group that's trying to uh, make that seem normal. But we need to understand that that's not normal. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's that like, man, I it's really frustrating to me that that was put into me as a kid. Um, and uh, and yeah, when I when I entered theater, I mean, I had already started to kind of shake loose some of these things that my parents had instilled in me and and when I got to theater in high school not only did I meet some kids that were already identifying as gay as freshmen in high school which is like holy shit you found yourself already that's crazy yeah yeah um yeah. but like pe- kids that I had already known for many years were starting to feel comfortable enough within the theater ecosphere that they felt that they could come out and mm-hmm. it was the most incredible thing to like you know I, I guess I won't like say his name. It doesn't really matter. But like, I, there's this one kid that I knew for a really long time, and I just I never ever considered what his sexuality might be. I never considered uh, it in any way. And then he came out as gay, and he was just so so proud and so like uh, so uh, like just like out and 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 willing to to put himself out there and and like and colorful and and so full of personality. And I was just like. Oh my God, like 
the, these people are are fucking awesome, obviously. And, and it felt so awesome to be in an ecosphere, like I said, where people felt so comfortable about being who they were and mm-hmm. feeling like they could talk about it and and be in relationships and whatever. Because, like, I, you know, I certainly didn't see them acting as comfortable in other places in the school. I mean, the theater thing was kind of its own wing of the school, so it felt like a different world. Um, and the rest of the school felt very public school in the middle of America. And so yep. just like, I don't know, just seeing these people and they're just fucking proud and happy and, um, and Dayton and, and it's, it was just incredible. And it was an awakening for me of just like, wow, I was really brainwashed as a kid. I really was. Uh, and, uh, and like those people were some of my absolute best friends in high school and, and, uh, man, it, it's just fascinating to think about because I'm really, I'm so grateful for that experience. Um, yeah, absolutely. and, and uh and and even just outside of sexuality just that whole thing of just discovering your personality i felt so free to be who i was as well um and i think that's an amazing thing about theater yeah absolutely i i hope i I worded that okay i don't mean to be uh to to be anything other than what i'm trying to be which is just encouraging and and reflecting on uh how beautiful of an experience that was for me yeah man I feel you, uh, and I'm sure the Rewind folks... Are, oops. Oh, <laughs> an alternate reality. Uh, and I'm sure the Suffle folks are on the same same wavelength as well. Um, and so, what the fuck are we saying? Because I don't think many of our listeners, if any, are actually in high school at the moment. <laughs> right. And so, I'm, I'm trying to tie it if all If you back. are, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they love it. What's up? Um, join theater. Uh, if you aren't already, um, you'll love it. Even if your friends make fun of you or if you think you're not going to like it or if you think you'll be too scared, whatever. Do uh, You can join the tech side of things. If you play an instrument, maybe consider if you're not already in band classes, get in touch with the band uh, people and maybe they'll get you into the orchestra pit for a musical. Um, but yeah, no, what you're saying, that finding yourself thing that's super yeah. crucial to everybody's journey in high school and in life, of course, but something about theater sort of emphasizes it, of course, mm-hmm. because there is an amount of reflection that has to go on actively in theater. Yeah, you have to be like, kind of raw when you're acting, yeah, and, especially and, on the performing you, and then you side realize you're things. being raw as a person, and then you're way, like, yeah. well, okay, who am I as a raw person? But I... I I feel like when you're talking about high school extracurriculars, theater stands out in that point. But I think being creative in general is supposed to be totally, totally. And uh, so to all of our listeners, not in high school, of course, um, fellow creatives like us, we know there's plenty of you listening. Um, I guess this is just a reminder to not lose sight of what it's all about. uh, Absolutely. Because it's all about uh, finding you and finding a way to put you on the page or on the canvas or in the SoundCloud rapper finding your Finding thing. your voice, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, because um, I think for me, sometimes I can lose, I can kind of lose track of that, whether it's in the broad sense of me trying to figure out what's the next big idea or um, just down to a very, very specific level of I'm writing this scene. Yeah. What is it about? What's coming out of it? Um, yeah. And it's easy to get caught up in, just like narrative stuff and in plot work and specifically like, uh, does this dialogue sound right? Or does this line look correct or whatever the fuck? Um, don't forget that it's all about, it's all about you, which is, yeah, it sounds that's like very the most, selfish. That's, most, that's like the most valuable piece of writing advice I've gotten, which is just like, 
is this it's not about like is this good or bad or whatever like the most important thing is is this honest am i being yeah. honest yeah yeah um which is not this isn't we're not saying anything new we haven't discovered any crazy truth about <laughs> being an artist no but like anything. this is where People those realizations this, came from yeah, yeah yeah no exactly and th- yeah that's exactly what the whole episode is about is that this whole experience definitely put me on that track um mm-hmm. to to getting here um and it's awesome because I knew that I was a creative person and that I liked being creative and it was hard to find an outlet yeah. for that yeah. uh, going into high school. Um, not because it was like, uh, uh, I don't really know um, what to do or anything, but you know, you're busy, right? You don't really have a whole lot of time. And then when you come home, you got homework and you want to eat or something, then you <laughs> go to bed. Yeah. And so the fact that um, something attached to your learning was able to give me such a sort of all-encompassing experience in and of itself, like even outside Crucial. of being part of Crucial. my education, yeah. right? It was an extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. It, it was its own journey in and of itself, Absolutely. even though it was connected to high school. It was a totally different thing, pretty much. And uh, yeah. So I say do the thing you love, like what you like, um, and don't be afraid, mostly. I think because obviously that's, especially with theater, if you're looking to perform, um, there's there's probably some fear involved in there at some point in your journey, uh, Mm -hmm. and you got to get past that. And so whether you're staring at a blank page and a little fucking typing thing on Word is still just blinking at you, whatever just get going get it done right. and yeah, don't be afraid like, of from, from that's failure, really well mostly. said yeah totally mm-hmm. and like from this point on like because i want to do more acting and everything but like writing is my thing for the rest of my life and it's crazy mm-hmm. because like that uh, that realization really came from theater as well because like you said i made a million comics as a kid um mm-hmm. and uh and 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 loved that obviously um, and was, you know, distracted by the idea that I thought I wanted to be a comic artist. Uh, and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but then I, I always loved writing and I would make little novellas as a kid and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but, and then like, and I knew that I like had a like talent for it. Like I was like, I'm like, I'm okay at this. Like I can write essays really well. I can write whatever, like I can get my thoughts across really well, but it, it took until theater for like, starting to kind of do write little skits and and whatever and like there was a moment in my junior year where where my teacher was like I want you to write a short play mm-hmm. and then you're going to kind of direct it and and uh and so I did and it was for a kid group and so I wrote this play of merging together uh Red Riding Hood and Goldilocks and and so between that and getting to write my stand up for the follies thing and writing the skit between various talent acts and stuff. I was like, Oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and that's crazy. That's crazy that that came from there. And it's crazy that like, uh, that I, you know, cause high school can be a really rough experience and it was for me a lot of the time. And so it's crazy mm-hmm. that not only did I come out of it all right, you know, like, and, and I'm, and uh, like, I hope most people do, but like I came out of it on a path to where like, I feel really happy with who I am now and what mm-hmm. I want to do with myself. And so that's like so crucial. And I really hope I, I want, I want that for young people. Like I want, I Absolutely. want people to be able to discover their kind of paths creatively if they are a creative person. Um, 
early on because that that mm-hmm. that decides so much of your life i think and i think we had to normalize two things i hate the word normalize cause it's, it's just fucking everywhere right now mm-hmm. i feel like mm-hmm. especially on twitter and shit i don't like saying it because it just feels like a meme <laughs> at this point almost sure, but sure. two things i think we gotta we gotta make sure we do the first is that making sure that your kids know the the kids know that it's cool to do these things. Do them. You got to drop that stigma. I cannot believe that it's 2020 and there's still that yeah. stigma around doing something creative yeah. uh, in high school. Um, and especially because that stigma is attached to being homophobic and other things and right. stuff like right. that. So that's got to get the fuck out of here (laughs) not that any of our listeners are doing that or really have any sort of control over that but yeah it's the episode uh that that's the epitome of our society's like weird attitudes toward things of like absolutely how like you know like a theater thing like a like Mm self-expression can be tied to like negative feelings about like and especially for for men, of course, because yes. just generally, it's less accepting for men to be emotionally expressive, of course. But yes. um, all together, I'll say, uh, make it totally cool and normal and not strange in the slightest, because it isn't uh, for your kid to do something artistic. Uh, totally. At, and like you said, at an early age, it's so fucking crucial and awesome because then you can because that's when you have the time to discover oh shit I love this and I want to do it and then when you get yes. on to that next step after high school you see does it continue am I still doing that uh, do is is what I thought I felt true right 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 uh, and hopefully for a lot of folks it turns out to be and you and you keep doing that thing for the rest of your life and hopefully you get to a point where you can do it as you're living and not just as a hobby. Which Absolutely. is, of course, the journey that we're on. We're trying. Um, we're trying. <laughs> anyway, know. we love you all. Yeah, we love you all. If you're a that's, theater kid and you're self-expressive, and it doesn't matter who you are, you're you're the best as long as you're not an asshole. And I hope that everybody is feeling okay and able finding their own ways to be creative and to to express themselves during uh, now, which is just a, a really challenging time to do that sort of thing. In. Absolutely. I think that's a great place to bring us into our musical interlude. was the art of keeping up disappearances by fallout boy uh in the spirit of talking about our time in theater during high school and stuff i thought i would pluck an artist from uh my angstier times my high school theater times and fallout boy was certainly one of them 
Now, this is actually from a very small EP they released right after Save Rock and Roll called Pax Am Days. And while I don't listen to Fall Out Boy anymore, I will say I think Pax Am Days is a very interesting little piece of their discography. And this is actually one of the few Fall Out Boy things that I actually still listen to today every once in a while. It's a very, very small EP. It's like five tracks, total of like 10, 12 minutes or something like that. And it was a wonderful little punk rock sort of thing they put out in between their more poppy stuff that was part of their whole revival so highly suggest going that was the whole song by the way art of keeping up disappearances they're all just what like these one little one minute tracks uh highly suggest go and listen just the whole thing if you need just a little bit of energy uh in your day a little angst maybe a little fallout boy action hey pack sam days check it out now on to ethan supple suggestions what do you got? It's time for Ethan's Comics Corner, of course. Uh, talking K. about this week's comics. Yes. Uh, listen, it was a light week for comics. Um, there wasn't a ton coming out. Uh, but the thing I'm probably the most excited about. Uh, so listen, I uh, have never been a massive fan of Harley Quinn generally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I liked her in the cartoon. I liked her in Suicide Squad loved her in birds of prey love that movie we talked about it recently um Mm -hmm. but in the comics there was never anything that particularly appealed to me um until uh there was a graphic not a graphic novel it was one of those dc black label books so they were quite long and kind of deluxe edition type things um Mm -hmm. done by steps i'm gonna fuck up the name uh it's either step 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 john sedgich or step on sedgich um one -hmm. of those uh i think um he's an artist that i i just admire so much uh i think he's incredible and he he did a recent um run on aquaman he and it was the best looking aquaman run of all time nice uh with dan abnett i believe writing it and then he was briefly on justice league odyssey uh, and so that book looked really beautiful. And if you go on his social medias, that dude likes to do some smutty shit. Um, hey, and, uh, yeah, right. he has a long running <laughs> smut comic. I hope that's the right term. I'm not sure. And it's called Sunstone, uh, I believe. Okay. And uh, it's like it's some uh, some steamy stuff. He, and he likes to do like arts of like Laura Croft and Wonder Woman hooking up and stuff like that. That's his whole jam, but uh, of course it is because he's really good at drawing beautiful people. Every, everything and everyone is beautiful in everything that he draws. Um, and uh, just, he's so incredible, and I had never seen anything that he had written, uh, but then he did the DC Black Label book, Harleen, I believe this is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is Harley's origin story, but really, like, from her perspective. Like, you're seeing her thoughts on everything, you're, and, like... I swear to God, that book like made me be like, I can kind of see why she's fallen for the Joker here. This is pretty sexy. Damn, like that kind of right. like it was crazy, and like cool. I felt like I knew her as a person. Like she was so nuanced and interesting and funny and and real. Um, so that by the time she turns into Harley, I'm like, well, I love this character now. Um, mm. And uh, and it's a brilliant book. Like everybody, fucking check it out. Um, but, uh, he's doing a fucking follow-up and I didn't even know. Right. And I'm nice. so excited. Um, and it's, you know, as a thing that I fucking talk about every week on the show, it's a DC digital first. Um, no and, it's, fucking and way. it's called, it's called Harley Quinn black and white and red. Um, nice. and 
god damn it, this dude is good. Like, it looks fucking awesome, and his writing is... Just read it. Just fucking read it. It's so good. All right. Uh, read Harleen first, and then fucking go read this. I that don't... looks good. It's like 89 cents or whatever once again. I don't understand. I don't understand. Go fucking read it. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll yeah. fucking have to. Yeah, also, while we're talking about Comics Corner, I didn't get to be on tonight's episode of Stegman and His Amazing Friends featuring yes. Scott Snyder, but I of uh, last episode of Supple Boys, or sorry, in the bonus Supple Suggestions yes. episode, we, you, you were telling me about Death Metal Number 1. I had not yes. read it yet. Of course, I read Death Metal Number 1 right. ahead of the Scott Snyder episode I didn't get to be on regardless, but um, Death Metal Number 1 was fucking dope. It was crazy, uh, right? As you said it was going to be. It fucking was. Can somebody tell me a bit more about this T-Rex with Batman's brain in it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Uh, fucking out, of all, out of all the alternate Batmans, that, that's a good one. I like oh, that one hell yeah. I Because you did not tell me about this Black Lantern ring bit. Uh, spoiler alerts for Death Metal yes. Number One. <laughs> that Black Lantern ring was fucking crazy. That was cool. I liked that. I loved that um, little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Um, a new uh, a new chapter of Deceased, Hope at World's End came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good book. Go go check it out. I'm really excited for the big official like Deceased two that's coming yeah. out. Uh, it's really exciting. Um, and uh, Billionaire Island number two came out. I haven't mentioned this to you yet. This is more shit by Mark Russell, who I've talked about on the show. Um, who did like Second Coming and all that shit, uh, and the Flintstones and everything. Uh, and he loves uh, satire. Uh, and uh, Billionaire Island is really intriguing so far. And I'm really, I'm, 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 uh, I'm interested to get deeper into it. Um, that's, that's more work from him with Ahoy Comics as well, who were the people who picked up Second Coming after all of the controversy and DC dropped it. So um definitely worth checking out ahoy comics just for having the balls to like pick up something so controversial and make sure that yeah. it gets out there to the people um but oh, yeah billionaire yeah. is interesting and then my last comic that i'm going to talk about uh is uh uh you ever heard of a, a guy named jason aaron uh he's he's I uh so he's, once yeah twice. he's pretty good um and he has a series that i really love i was talking earlier about how much you know christianity has like has just influenced my life and my like art and everything. And, uh, just, I, I think I, I might've mentioned this when I talked about Mark Russell, but just religious satire is such a massive like interest for me. And, and when mm-hmm. Mark Russell did second coming, which is Jesus coming back to like a superhero modern day. And yeah. it was very much a satire of Jesus and God and the entire Christian system I was like, oh, I just need more of this. This is a weird sweet tooth that I have for this very particular thing. And mm-hmm. one of the only things that I've found that really, uh, uh, you know, feeds that that monster inside of me um, is Jason Aaron's The Goddamned, uh, which is okay. a really interesting series that takes place, I, I believe, I haven't read it in a while, but it's an image series that I believe takes place when the earth is at its shittiest, like right before the flood, when God had to wipe everything out. So earth (laughs) Mm -hmm. is a disgusting, like barbaric, horrible, fucking disgusting, like, like cesspool of of just the worst people alive. But then Mm -hmm. you see characters like Noah and and these various figures kind of come through. And so it's this very bloody, brutal story set in a very particular time in the Bible um, and it's Jason Aaron, so it's really good. And he's that's kind of his wheelhouse is 
big barbaric men doing interesting and violent things. Um, of and course. Like, like obviously Thor and Conan the Barbarian is, is really good. Um, and the goddamned came back. I didn't even know it was coming back, but it came back with the goddamned The Virgin Brides issue one. Uh, and I actually haven't read it yet, but uh, man, I bet you it's fucking good. <laughs> I bet you it's really good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, um, man. Yeah, so those are good comics. I would check those yeah. out if I were you. I gotta uh, start getting on these digital firsts. You keep yeah, bringing them the, up and they so sound cheap awesome. And they're so good. I don't mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep, that's the end of Ethan's Comics Corner. Uh, here's the sting. Ethan's Comics Corner. Very good. Cool. <laughs> I will slap a reverb on that and that'll be the new stinger for the end of Ethan's Comics Corner. <laughs> Maybe you should say this has been Ethan's Comics Corner with a k this has been ethan's comics corner with a k with with the with a q <laughs> I don't and know. i like it and i like it <laughs> uh what do i suggest what's my next supple suggestion my next supple suggestion is definitely being prepped and ready if you're gonna go camping Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I'm not gonna share my whole anecdotal story, but I slept in my car last night, and it was a <laughs> fucking mess, and there were so many mosquitoes, and I just there was not enough prep put into it. That said, camping's super fucking cool, and if you can pull it off right, it's the best. Um, I will also suggest um, expressing yourself in a super cool and loud way, like um, slapping a image or something on your body and branding it into your skin Uh, it's not branding it but uh plunging a bunch of ink into your skin forever express it express yourself in that way so uh, i guess what i'm saying is go get a fucking tattoo if you're somebody that's been sitting there like you know it would be dope to have a tattoo just go get a tattoo stop worrying about the whole stigma around again the stigmas that gotta go away they gotta get they gotta get, get, get out all of here, these Ethan. stigmas out of my face get them out of here get them out of here um <laughs> <laughs> stigmas there's always a stigmas with you i don't know it's weird, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it's just, i don't know um uh go get a tattoo if you want to get a tattoo if you're that concerned about it showing and people um being worried about it or whatever put it somewhere where nobody's gonna see it because like we were talking at the beginning of the episode, it can it can just be for you. Uh, and so I highly, highly recommend it because there was a sort of connection with myself, which is, I guess, the sort of theme of the episode here that I felt once I got a tattoo uh, because I'd always wanted one and I made sure that I got one that was uh, represented something that was important to me, which is also not, not um, absolutely necessary for getting a tattoo. You can get a tattoo of something that you think just looks dope and you think it would be dope to have it on your body because it would make you look cool. That's, That's awesome. Get that tattoo then. Or um, if you think, nah, if it's going to be a part of me physically, it's got to mean something very, very important to me. That also works. That's usually what I try to do. And uh, I think that'll be it. Do you have another suggestion? I mean, I suggest collecting old video games, but never actually playing any of them. I like because like I've I've started this old video game thing. I'm buying. I'm just going to pawn shops and thrift shops and buying, uh, getting my hands on all the old PS2 games and PS3 games, and uh, and I'm and I'm getting an old Xbox and I'm just I'm mm. not playing any of them. I just I'm putting them all in a row, 
Uh, but it brings me when joy you say for some Xbox, reason. You so mean Xbox, it. the first Xbox or a three sixty? Xbox, the first Xbox. Oh my um, god! <laughs> Which is the, now the full. Yeah. It has to be the full name because you can't yes. call it Xbox One. Correct. Those idiots made an Xbox One. Correct. And the new one is called Xbox Series X. Jesus uh, Christ, that is so bad. <laughs> it is that is so bad. Yeah. I thought Xbox One was already bad, and then they were like Xbox One S or one x i think they have a one x xbox mm-hmm. one xbox one xbox series x um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 360 um, but i'm still i'm still i'm still mostly just playing the last of us 2 but also metal gear solid 5 a little bit on the side and last of us 2 i i still want to get more in depth on but i'm just not far enough yet but it is still just really good and really upsetting and metal, metal gear solid 5 is the weirdest fucking thing i've ever it's so strange. I'm going to tell you this real quick. Spoilers for the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 5. You know Snake, right? From Smash and stuff? Yes. yes. So, Metal Gear Solid 5 starts with you playing as who I presume is Snake. I don't know anything about the series. But anyway, he wakes up from a coma he's been in for like 10 years, right? And the doctor's like, hey man, you've been in a coma for like 10 years. Uh, here's you. And he holds up the mirror and it's Snake. And then he's like, okay, so... People are people want to kill you, so I'm gonna to need to reconstruct your face to hide your identity. Um, so so we'll do that now. Pick how you want to look, and then it's a character creation screen, and the mm-hmm. character creation screen is spectacularly in depth. It's the most in depth nice. character creation screen I've ever seen. You can change All every right. tiny little thing about how you want the face to look to make it look any any way. Like I've never seen such a diverse character creation thing, and nice. you can spend forever on that. And then after you select what you want it to be, he goes, okay, let's do it. And then he gets killed, and you don't change your appearance. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking awesome. It is fucking (laughs) crazy. And and then the whole first hour of the game is you escaping this hospital because all these soldiers are infiltrating it, and you're Mm -hmm. following around this other patient. And it's like a very serious thing. Like people are getting slaughtered and it's terrifying. But you're following this other patient who's just asses hanging out of the flap of his hospital gown. And then (laughs) you're like, you're trying to get out. But these soldiers that are killing everybody and want to kill you are also getting killed by this flaming man. And, and, And then you get to escape and you're driving and you're trying to get out of there. And then a helicopter is coming after you, but then the helicopter is swallowed by a flaming whale that comes out of the horizon, and the flaming whale falls back down under the horizon, and then a flaming Pegasus thing comes out of the horizon, and it's got the flaming man on the back, and he's chasing you down. I just like I don't know I don't know, but it's really fun. <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. Wow. Oh, there's also this psychic kid in the hospital as well. Like this creepy psychic kid with a gas mask and floppy sleeves who can, like, do shit with their mind. I don't know. Wow. I didn't know Metal Gear got into that sort of shit. I know. I don't know. A little update on my video game life. I'm still just playing Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo sometimes. Yeah, you would. (laughs) (laughs) I do love it. I think that's got to be it. I think we got to call that a supple, boys. Um,. Hey, thanks so much for listening again this week, everybody. We'll be back next week. Um, I think I know already what that episode is, but let's just save it. Let's just reveal that when you see it in the feed or whatever. Um, But let's just say for now, Watchmen. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, we're talking about Watchmen next week. Um, <laughs> Who watches um, the Watchmen? Ethan and Griffin. Uh, except no watching going on this week. It'll just be oh wait, no no it's, there is some watching going on this week. I forgot we're watching the movie. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the um, the book, the graphic novel, the comic, whatever you'd like to call it. And Zack Snyder's Watchmen film. Um, I don't like to call it gra- a graphic novel. I like to call it a flat movie on a page. That's what I like to call it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're reading that cool new flat movie on a page. <laughs> I think it works. I think it really works. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yes, stay tuned for uh, all of our thoughts on a little known book called Watchmen. <laughs> Update. Griffin, okay, wait, hold on. But Griffin's never experienced. The but I have ta- never. It's not just we're just going to talk about watched Watchmen for Watchmen. some reason. Griffin's um, never had any experience with Watchmen. Yes, yeah, so, so there is a bit of a catch. There is a bit of a catch to it. It's not just another Griffin and Ethan talk about popular shit that people have already talked to death about. Because <laughs> they're just getting around to it because they've only talked about Spider Man in all of their <laughs> podcasting history. Um, in an alternate universe. In an alternate universe. So I'm very excited about that, of course. Um, Watchmen has been on my read list, of course, my entire life, pretty much. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to reading it for the first time already a bit more developed than I think when some people read Watchmen. Yeah, totally. So totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. That'll, be, that'll be fun. And I'm very excited to watch Zack Snyder's movie. Um, that'll be, uh, that'll be a, a a romp for sure I'm, if I you guys want to come along and do the same thing that we're doing to be ready for the discussion we're going to watch the director's cut i think it is not the ultimate cut the director's cut so the one that's Zach extended Snyder's but without personal. the pirate ship without the pirate ship in the middle which i haven't read the pirate ship but i bet i'm gonna be sad the pirate ship's missing because i love pirate ship it's it's pretty cool okay cool um <laughs> If you like this episode, we got more that came out before this one. Turns out uh, it's not our first episode of Supple Boy, so that's cool. Uh, you can find all the other ones on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Not Google yet, maybe. I don't know. We're still waiting to be approved, I guess. They're like, these guys, they're back. Don't they already have 14 podcasts? <laughs> Another on the way starring Scott Snyder now, I guess, if I heard the end of Stegman correctly. If we're lucky. Um, <laughs> Where's that Charles Soule show? Hmm. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, uh, also, you can find them all at suppleboys.com. Um, speaking of other shows we do, we also do a show for Ryan Stegman called Stegman and His Amazing Friends. That's also out most weeks. <laughs> um, and Devil's Advocates Book Club uh, featuring Donny Cates and his awesome wife, Megan Hutchinson. And that's also out most weeks. Um <laughs> But Supple Boys is out every fucking week so far, so I'm pretty Supple pretty Boys proud about never that. Break schedule. Except for when it's not on the same day every week, but it's out. It's out. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, you can when also follow Supple us on Boys Twitter. Come out, it does. Fuck yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Supple Boys. Um, email us at Supple Boys. Oh, I totally forgot. Fuck. I got emails from folks. We have emails to read. Uh, do we, really? we can do a little. Yeah, we can do. Um, so I'm so sorry for the, some of the folks that have sent us stuff. Um, I know one of them is our good buddy Nigel sent us a super cool email. So we'll read that. Uh, hopefully next episode we'll remember to uh, to do yeah. that. Or 
or it's our feed. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. Maybe we'll put out another yeah. thing halfway through the week. Maybe you, maybe we were lying about the Watchmen episode. <laughs> yeah. Ha, you believed it, stupid idiot. <laughs> um, I think those are all the things that we say at the end of the show. Um, I'm Griffin. You can find me on Twitter at Griff Sheridan. That's Ethan. You can find him at Tales to Astonish. Uh, I think that's it. Ethan, any last Griffin is so tired. He just needs to go to bed. I am very tired. But he selflessly provided you with more content instead. For free. Dude, props to you, man. Thanks, dude. I gotta get up and go to work soon. <laughs> not soon, but I gotta get to bed or I'm gonna be fucking toast tomorrow. I am not gonna be able to stand tomorrow if I don't go to bed soon. Uh, Ethan, any last remarks? That was my last remarks, but also, um, love you all, and we'll see you next week. And, like what you like, and don't be a dick. Thanks for listening.